0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Today on the show, the Tornado TornadoCast fallout is creating more questions than answers. We're going to go through that and other news today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everyone. Today is Monday, August 15th, 2021. Hope everybody had a great weekend and I hope everybody was safe. I Hope everybody BTFD'd. Hope everybody sold the top. (laughs) Anyway, let's just get straight into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 919 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $24,090. It is down 1.8% in 24. Ethereum is down 4% in 24 at $1,899. They're both still up on the week. Teller's number three, USDC is number four, and Binance, BNB, is number five at 316, down 2%. Rounding off the top 10, we have Cardano, XRP, BUSD, Solana, and Dose. Doze popping back into the top 10 with a weekly gain of around 8%. The total market cap is around 1.15 trillion. It's down 2.6% in 24. We have a BTC dominance of 40.2 and an F dominance of 20.2. And a couple of things I want to note, by the way, because a lot of people are talking. Oh, is the bottom in? Is that it? Are we up only from this point out? And I just wanted to go back and look at the last bear market. You know, 2017, 2018, we saw all-time highs for Bitcoin in the, the past time of around 20,000 dollars, and. Through that time, through 2018, we saw ups and downs, and the ups and downs were quite significant. For example, in the early part of 2018, we saw Bitcoin drop from its all-time high from $20,000 to around $6,000, and then it went back up to $11,000, and the same words were being spoken. Are we up only from this point on? The answer was no, because by the end of the year, we were down to around $3,000 Bitcoin. And we saw that happen over and over and over again throughout the year. Same thing with Ethereum. I just said Ethereum's down. Uh, It broke over $2,000. But is that going to be up only from this point out? Look, even in bear markets, you're going to have major upswings. But you're also, in a grand scheme of things, when you zoom out, you're trending downwards. So I don't think we see the bottom yet. I think that this is just a swing up. I don't... Obviously, this is not financial advice. However, just be cautious. If you think it's up only from this point out, it's possible... That the bottom isn't even in yet. Now it's time for coin of the day. Our coin of the day today really kind of like made me curious about what this is about. So we're going to discover this together. It's called Bitcoin Standard Hash Rate Token. It's ranked number one twenty-three on Coin Market Cap. Its current price is twenty-three dollars and seventy-two cents. It's up two point four percent in twenty-four. Its current market cap is two hundred and eighty-nine point four million really diluted market cap is $355.8 million. 81% of the ticker BTCST, Bitcoin Standard Hash Rate Token, 81% of that token is in circulation. Its all-time high price, and again, I didn't even know this thing existed, but anyway, its all-time high price was set a year ago at $92.75. It's down 75% since then. It's up 400% from its all-time low set two months ago at $4.58. You can buy this at BinanceGate.io. PancakeSwap, Poloniex. There's a lot of obscure uh, exchanges within the middle here. Uh, so, you know, it's. it looks like just Binance is, is, is the place. Binance and Gate. Anyway, so what does this do? Because this is where I'm curious about. What is the Bitcoin Standard Hash Rate Token? The Bitcoin Standard Hash Rate Token, again, ticker BTCST, was launched on the Binance Smart Chain on December 13th of 2020. It's collateralized by Bitcoin's Hash Rate which each token representing 0.1 terahashes. As such, miners contribute their computational power to the platform in exchange for newly minted BTCST tokens. BTST's goal is to bridge liquidity into Bitcoin's mining market. This will allow users to get exposure to mining rewards and hash power of any size at a low cost. The ultimate goal of the app is to increase the liquidity and efficiency of mining power markets. Okay, well, that's the Bitcoin Standard Hash Rate Token, BTCST. I think I'm going to do a deeper dive on this because it's very interesting. Maybe you'll see that tomorrow. Anyway, if you want to read more yourself, link is in the show notes. Moving into today's headlines. And there's not much news today. It's Monday. You know how it goes. So... I always tell you that because you're like, oh, why is it not a 15-minute show? It might be only a 7-minute show at the end of everything because there's not much news on Mondays. A lot of price news today. and Well, honestly, price news and price articles aren't that interesting. I mean, it might be to you. I don't think so. Price go up, price go down. All-time high this, speculation that. Anyway, Polkadot-based decentralized finance platform, or DeFi platform, Akala saw its AUSD stablecoin crash by 99% after hackers exploited a bug in its liquidity pool, CoinGecko indicates that stablecoin continues to trade at about 0.009 cents, while CoinMarketCap recorded a low of 58 cents, but it has since climbed back up to 91 cents. So basically, we don't know what the price is. In a tweet, a Colic Network explained that due to a misconfiguration of its newly launched IBTC to AUSD liquidity pool, hackers were able to mint 1.28 billion AUSD. The sudden influx of coins caused the stablecoin to depeg in mere minutes. Unlike UST, the AUSD isn't an algorithmic stablecoin, but claims to be multi collateralized and backed by assets including Polkadot, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and others. And so, we have another exploit. Please, if you're using a stablecoin, use a trusted one. USDT, USDC, anything that's backed by dollars, or backed by a euro or backed by a pound or backed by a yen. Do not, do not mess with these weird ass stable coins. I, I I implore you. And I know I'm going to get an email from this that says, well, I've been using this and I never had a problem. Of course you did it. You don't have a problem until you have a problem. And when you have a problem, your money's gone. Please try to be as safe as possible. This is a risky market. These are risky assets. This is all risk. This is all new. So don't compound your risk with riskier assets, and more risk on top of risk. Popular privacy stablecoin Monero completed a hard fork, introducing new privacy and security features over the weekend. They tweeted this. Congratulations on a successful network upgrade. Hashtag Monero is now more private and more efficient with ring size of 16, bulletproofs plus, and view tags. Make sure your node slash wallet is updated to continue using Monero. Privacy and fungibility matter, and it is exciting to keep moving. What did that even mean? Here we go. Changes to Bulletproof's algorithm is to boost transaction speed and reduce transaction size by an estimated 5 to 7%. View tags aim to reduce wallet sync times by up to 40%, along with security patches and fee changes. By the way, if you guys have never synced a wallet, sometimes it takes forever. And so coins and projects that reduce that time, it's a big deal. I mean, I've literally waited days for some wallets to sync. And the ring size From 11 to 16, what does that mean? Well, in order to protect user privacy, Monero merges the digital signature of the individual signing the transaction with those of 11, but now 16, other non-signers to create a new signature authorizing the transaction. And that's how you hide your transactions in the privacy feature. OpenSea announced on Twitter that it would change the way that it handles stolen NFT assets. And so previously, OpenSea would block stolen assets from being bought, sold, or transferred on its platform while it investigated each case, which meant an indefinite hold on accessing those NFTs and their worth. So what does that mean? It means that if you reported an NFT stolen, they'll just stop everything. They'll be like, okay, wait, we're not doing anything with that NFT until we figure out what happens. So you create multiple victims here. The person who got their NFT stolen and the buyer. Sometimes the buyer doesn't even know that the NFT was stolen, so they just paid F or soul for an NFT and now they just can't buy sell or do anything with it and so OpenSea is trying to correct some of these situations so what it's going to do now is that it's going to require a police report to be submitted within seven days of flagging an NFT as stolen OpenSea notes that it has done this in the past for escalated disputes but now it's a requirement for all NFTs that are reported stolen this move is designed to prevent false reports if a police report isn't submitted within time then the hold on the items will be lifted so basically if you get your NFT stolen or there's a stolen NFT, you got to report it to the police. Submit their police report to OpenSea. The CFTC, or the Commodities and Futures Trading Commission, filed a civil enforcement action against a man for allegedly running a $12 million Bitcoin Ponzi scheme. A man from New Albany, Ohio. Well, he posed as a successful crypto trader and allegedly told customers that he would reinvest their cash and capital into investment funds to make them returns. However... This was a lie, according to the CFTC. The money instead was used to blow on yacht rentals, luxury vacations, luxury shopping, and so on and so forth. Basically, give me money and I will get your returns. And instead, I just bought a car, got a yacht. <laughs> this was a pretty easy one to catch, I think. But I remember this is all allegedly, allegedly. And finally, we have some comments on the tornado cash fallout. Remember last week we reported that the Netherlands Crime Agency, or the FIOD, arrested a suspected tornado cash developer. And, well, there is lots of words about this. Louis Quinday, the founder of Aragon, said, I'm short for words, I'm short for breath. They detained him for writing code. Writing code. These terrorist organizations called traditional nations must be dismantled. That's big words. Daniel Butner, who works on decentralized identity solutions, added that arresting a developer for being part of a project that was allegedly used by bad actors transcends Ethereum. And he continues saying, It's an overt attack on human rights and casts a chilling effect over developers of open source software, authoritarians, who perpetuate human rights violations should be repelled by, and any all means, necessary. Kobe tweeted, Welcome to the war on code. Steven Rivera, he tweeted, Imagine if road builders were being arrested because criminals use them. Or home curtain installers? Wanting privacy should not be considered a crime. Jake Travinsky, he tweeted, I spent all week on the tornado Cash sanctions and I haven't heard a satisfying justification yet. The main argument is that criminals use it a lot. Okay, but they use everything law-abiding citizens do. Where's the line? How slippery is this slope? The uncertainty is a step back. This is interesting. I really like Jake's argument here. Criminals use everything that law-abiding citizens use. It's true. Where is the line? Where is the slope? I want your opinion. Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-A-A-R-O-N at decrypt.co Let me know what you think of this argument. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. I haven't got any comments on iTunes for a while. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, pop it open. Give me a five-star rating and leave a comment. It helps people find the episode better. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.